You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 225. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Now, for the last couple of weeks, you have participated in somewhat of a podcast takeover. You see, I've been highlighting students from the Impact Engine System and the Impact Accelerator Mastermind. These are our programs specifically designed to support PMO and strategy delivery leaders all around the world. And this year, I brought several of our Mastermind students onto the main stage at this year's Impact Summit so that I could highlight some of their lessons learned and ideas and things they wanted to share with the broader community. You see, they do this every couple of weeks inside our mastermind in our live coaching sessions, but I thought it would be cool to share some of their insights, lessons learned, and how they did it experience with you. And that's what today's episode is all about. So we had Willetta Love in episode 223 talking all about what her success looked like and how her mindset was such a critical part of what gave her such big success. And then last week we had Paul Dunningham talking about his journey and transformation and what he believes PMOs need to look like to truly be successful and teaches us something called the PMO hokey pokey, which you absolutely want to avoid. And now this week, this is a different perspective. This is from Mike Welsh. Now Mike and his company has been a client of PMO Strategies for the last couple of years. And when we started with them, of course projects were happening, but they didn't have have a formalized project management structure or culture around good project delivery aligned with achieving the organization's desired business outcomes, helping them achieve their strategic goals. So when we started working with them, we put together a small group of project managers, which has now more than doubled in size for the organization. And we trained them, which you'll hear a little bit about Don Mahan talking about the training we put them through in project management. And then Mike was tapped on the shoulder to head up this new PMO type organization. But he'll tell you why it's not actually called a PMO. They call it something else. And you'll hear about his journey from no form project management training or experience or background to running a high impact strategy focused results driven impact that has been helping the broader organization achieve its business goals in bigger and bigger ways over the last two years. Hi, welcome to the Impact Summit. I'm your host for this session, Dawn Mahan. In this session, we're going to talk about standing up our strategy delivery office as a new PMO leader. In 2021, the American Planning Association decided to train a cohort of project managers to carry out the board of directors' top priorities with the framework of a lot of legacy processes and operational baggage. Over the next two years, the organization managed to reset the board's expectations about what could be accomplished and focus on transforming how the staff team collaborated with each other. Joining me for this session is Mike Welch. Mike is a longtime association management professional with a great deal of experience in association governance, component relations, and volunteer management for national membership organizations. He is relatively new to project and portfolio management. As strategy delivery office director for the American Planning Association, he is responsible for centralized strategic management and oversight of APA's portfolio projects, project delivery teams, and project delivery approaches and methodologies 
to enable the successful delivery of the organization's priorities. Hi, Mike. Hey, Don. Good morning. And good morning, everybody at the Impact Summit. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to speak with you because I've gotten the chance to know you over the course of the past two years when you were a brand new person in my training, right? Yeah, it's we've come. I feel like we've come a long way over the last couple of years. So. Yeah, we sure have. So, it's so why, why don't you tell everybody about your role now? Okay, so I think that was a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much for it. So strategy delivery, we struggled at first. We were calling it the PMO for a little while. And then we started workshopping names and it seemed like Strategic delivery came the closest to what we were trying to accomplish in fulfilling the board. You know, it's a national membership organization, APA, that exists to advance the planning profession and to help communities to become greater and involve the public in community decision making. And our board wanted, there were things they wanted to do differently, strategic goals and aspirations they had that we didn't really have a clear path to achieve. And so the idea of the strategy delivery office as a way for the organization to deliver on the board's strategic goals seemed to really resonate. So we call it the SDO. So I'm the director of the SDO. There's a small group of us on the team that work full-time with the SDO. We have project managers across the organization. And I should say, you know, I have been involved in APA. So I've been on the staff for a very, very long time. And I think you mentioned in the intro, we had a lot of legacy programs and activities, and we still do to this day, but we didn't have that sort of extra capacity to do new things as opportunities presented themselves, as the world changed around us. I think the organization, the board, and our executive leadership recognized we needed that capacity to take on new things and to look at things differently and to do things differently. And so I felt very fortunate to have a lot of opportunity to do that in the last couple of years. And I think we've really had a significant impact. I think there were a lot of programs, high priority things, high profile things that members and our stakeholders used and enjoyed but that we have optimized, we have improved and reset expectations, I think, at a higher level since the pandemic. And to be frank, I think the pandemic presented some of the opportunities for us to reset and think about things differently. They sort of coincided with the decision to use the portfolio and project management approach to rethink how we do, again, the most important work and most impactful work across the association. I think we kind of view it as a system to really activate and adapt and change. And so that to me, and I'll talk about that a little bit later as well, that some of the key takeaways for me is that that's what project management really has been, a way for us to manage change in the organization. Right. So what are the challenges? What have been the challenges, the biggest challenges that you see? Certainly in the first year or so, it was transitioning out of all my operational responsibilities. So we were you know, creating a new team from scratch, creating a new group, which tremendous support from the board of directors and from the executive leadership as well. But there were still a lot of things going on. We hadn't restructured the team in a way such that I could leave behind all the organizational governance things or dealing with all the component volunteers, stakeholders, and leaders that I worked with. So really carving out enough time. And I think that's a challenge for lots of folks as they're, you know, they've got a variety of responsibilities. The PMO or the SDO is just one of the things that they're doing. And so that the opportunity to focus on it has really been fantastic. I think another big challenge, you know, it's new. This is all so brand new for the organization. There has been, I wouldn't say a lot of organized resistance to the change, but a fair degree of skepticism. You know, folks who see it as project management, that is, like an extra set of things they have to do. And what the PMO and PMO strategies and the RSDO has really become better at demonstrating the value of folks by involving them in ways that make their lives better. I know that's one of core functions that we're, we're aspiring to it all the time, but the experience of having that happen with a big high-profile activity that we would do on an annual basis each year, 
And there were folks who were managing the project side of it and who kind of, I think, identified in some cases the level of work involved in projectizing this operational activity as like extra stuff they didn't need. But we had a, a real sort of turning point moment where we were able to map out the work after a big milestone had passed to gather lessons learned from that experience and then map, do some sort of process mapping for the year ahead. And I think as a result, people really felt differently about it. They felt the process had made their lives easier and it had opened everyone's eyes to what the sort of potential was. And I think that I, a lot of that's owed to the project management, portfolio management process. So that was really transformation. Great. So Mike, this sounds like it was a big deal in the organization, not only for the organization, but also for you. So you went through a cohort with a lot of your peers who had also been at the association for different amounts of time to learn project management and so forth. That's kind of where some of it started, where everybody was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, if you will, but also feeling, like you said, like this was in addition to their day jobs. Yeah, I think, you know, the, from personal challenge, from my perspective, or it's more of an adjustment, I think, than a challenge, is that, you know, in my previous role, I mean, so many of the folks I worked with on a day-to-day -day basis were members and volunteers, people out there in the world, in the organization. And they had, as stakeholders in what we were doing in the operations side and the governance side, they had a very different perspective. And I think transitioning to the, working with the SDO, everybody I'm working with for the most part, are PMs are sponsors, and it's a different perspective. And so I've kind of moved my mind out of the, the volunteer member perspective and looking at the organization and the structure of things and the way we handle work very differently. And it, it's actually a smaller subset of people. So in a way it's more managed, but all the faces and all the names of all the PMs and sponsors on one sheet of paper, which I have next to my desk at the office. And then that's like my universe, the key folks that I work with. And so I think that's been one of the biggest changes. I think within, in the intro, you talked about collaboration. And I think that was one of the most important outcomes we wanted to achieve out of switching over to portfolio and project management is to get the right people on the right projects in a way that hadn't really been accessible in our organizational structure. There were silos, there were, you know, stovepipes of the research team, the education team, the membership and marketing, and these silos had their own goals and their own priorities. And they would, in a sense, compete with each other. And people would, it would be hard to get folks from one team onto another team's effort or to get them to collaborate effectively on something that was truly cross-functional across the organization. So it had some research and it had some policy, it had some education. Those kinds of activities really struggle. And those are often the, the most value-adding things for members. We wanted to put on a new kind of conference with that involved the research team and the education team and the conference team. But it was a struggle because they all had to come together. I think the structure of the sponsor, the PM, the project team, the accountability and the responsibility that's inherent in that really allowed us to be more effective in, in, in ways that I know that our board appreciates, that they, they can see the difference in how we execute work and how we get results and have impact out in the world. The, the world of urban planning and our stakeholders and our community has really been, I think, starting to get dramatic results. And I think it's very well appreciated by others. Those key folks on the executive team and at the board level as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So any aha moments that you haven't already talked about? Yeah, I'd say a couple that come to mind. You know, we, starting in the fall of 21, we're really following the Laura Barnard PMO strategies approach, uh, starting with the, the stakeholder interviews of the executives in the organization. 
And I think in the process of doing those interviews and understanding first what their pain point were, what their needs were, that I had not, frankly, you know, had, had been around the organization for a very long time. I think they perceived things differently and their perspective on things and what they value was kind of an eye opener to me. You know, the idea of transparency into all the work and progress. It may sound naive or weird, but I kind of always thought that people just knew what was going on from hallway conversations or weekly check-in meetings, but we didn't have a way at the time to organize and structure what's in the portfolio and what we're actually doing and how the progress is coming along in such a transparent and valuable way. And I think the hearing from that that's was a genuine need. I think that sort of shifted my mindset that the idea of we're doing a lot of great stuff and everybody knows it isn't really enough that to organize it and demonstrate it and document the impact and then through metrics and understanding the value in a more organized way, I think has been really valuable for them. And as I said, as someone who's been involved for a long time, I never understood that as a problem. It was just the way, the way things were. And it's kind of a little messy. And, you know, we used to talk about the meatballs, like you have a platter full of meatballs and there's too many on there. And sometimes some of them are fall off and sometimes that's okay. You know, not every meatball is going to make it across the finish line. But I think designing, we're picking our meatballs a lot more selectively now. And so less of them are falling off. And I think everyone appreciates that because there's more predictability as a result, you know, that there's more reliable. Yeah. And I, what I love about that too, Mike, what you just said is it's also very thoughtful as to what meatballs get on the plate. Like it's not just, you know, they just get thrown in and everybody could throw one in, you know, that's much more organized and thoughtful way. And where people in the organization know that this is a priority, this is important, we're going to focus resources on this. Yeah, they're very hand-selected and curated. I mentioned two things. The other one was actually just that it sort of dawned on me in the past year. I touched on it earlier, but that what project management really is. I think as we came to learn about project management with your training and coaching and other sources of information, I, I came to understand it as like a shared set of practices and knowledge and even language to communicate about different aspects of the process. But I think understanding it as a way of just dealing with change, including unexpected change. We've had, you know, everybody a couple of years, a year or two ago, lived through the great resignation. We had huge turnover on the staff team. And that creates a, just a gigantic amount of disruption that without some kind of structure or system to understand what the work is to be done and who's doing it, it's even more chaos. And so I think reducing that panic and chaos by having the tools and the language for everybody involved in these important activities to understand, okay, well, this thing has happened. This, it could be staff, or it could be any number of things, unforeseen circumstances. And you have the tools and the, the confidence to deal with that unexpected situation and resolve it in a way that keeps the train moving forward. That really has, you know, what would otherwise be the cause of panic is now just something, another bump in the road that we know how to handle. There's nothing we can't handle. So that it's given greater confidence, I think, to the team as well. That's great. That's really great. Yeah, reducing chaos and stress is part of what we do, which is... Yeah, it's, it's a quality of life issue for many of us. <laughs> yeah, and it really feels good to be able to help enable that, I feel. So what are the keys of success? If you could just maybe share what you feel from your perspective, what has helped you succeed in this role as a strategy delivery office leader so far? Yeah, well, insofar as I have been successful, I was thinking of a few things. First of all, adaptability. And to me, that really just means listening, listening to feedback, making adjustments and being willing to do that in a way that that's kind of sometimes, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to over, the word humbling is like overused, but realizing there's things you don't know that you stand to learn. And it is important to be able to absorb as much as 
there is out there in the world of project management and PMOs. The other thing I would say is empathy. And again, that relates to listening and that understanding whether it's your coworkers or stakeholders or whoever it may be, where they're coming from, what their concerns and fears and motivations are, and then helping to bring them along at their own pace. In order to do that, you really have to understand where they're coming from, what it is they're concerned about. And then the other thing I can't take any credit for, I just do feel very fortunate to be in an organization where the board of directors and CEO and the entire executive team, including my sponsor, who's the chief strategy officer, really believe in what we're doing and are incredibly supportive of it. So that's not my doing, but as I said, I just feel lucky and fortunate to be in that. I mean, I know, and for lots of folks that are out there, they're struggling, they're trying to get this thing going, and there's, you know, that it's helpful to know that somebody has your back. Even and maybe if you can't pick your own CEO and your own board, uh, you can develop supporters among your colleagues for, for what's going on by demonstrating their values. Yeah, I feel that too. Part of your success, Mike, has been that you have great relationships and you understood how to get stuff done in the organization before this role. And you're really good at, you know, making people feel good and, you know, helping. And you just have this very nice style about you that is important for the culture that you're in. But also, you know, for anybody that might be in a situation like you or where you were there a long time and, you know, you were doing different things. And now you get this opportunity. You were able to successfully leverage all that you knew and everybody that you knew and how to work with them in a positive way, in this new way. I feel like to me, like it seems one of the maybe keys to success for anybody that has been around a while, as opposed to brand new in an organization is to leverage those things. Do you feel that? Yeah, I do. And I think that's a good point. And I, I would connect that or attribute that a little bit back to the listening and empathy. Because if you come in, I my naive perspective was always that, well, project managers, that's like a real bossy person who comes in and tells everybody what to do. And the reality is there's so much like listening and understanding, and you're not going to be able to tell everybody what to do. We're in a, this environment at APA. It's very matrix. It's people across all these different teams. You have to understand, to get them to do what you want, as you still do, is to understand their motivations and understand what's valuable about it to them. And I think, as you said, my, the depth of knowledge and experience with folks here, both on the board and on the staff side, because we had like 15 minutes into this thing. I don't know. I worked at APA for like 23 years as of, or 24 years as of October. I'm what we call a longtime staffer. So yeah, I go way back with generations of APA leaders and staff. And so yeah, understanding folks is, a, is definitely a key part. And I, like I said, can't take credit for just sticking around this one. <laughs> it's, well, it's been valuable. Yeah, you certainly have leveraged it well. So speaking of, if you could go back and talk to the two years ago self that was wide-eyed in this project management class, right? That was really your, I think, first introduction to more formal PM training. You'd certainly been on projects before. You'd certainly had to do project work before, right? But what would you tell him? What would you tell two years ago, Mike? Well, I think the two years ago, Mike, was a little overwhelmed, I would say, as I recall. I think I would tell him to be patient and trust the process. That might sound a little trite, but by that, I mean specifically the overwhelm sometimes can come from, in my own recollection, the idea of the 90-day PMO, which is how it was marketed at the time. Like, you have 90 days. The clock starts now. Go. Make it happen. I was like, oh my God, what can we do in 90 days? It was overwhelming. And that, in that system, and then the 90-day cycles for rolling out services through the PMO, it just felt like 90 days goes by too fast. There's no way this will work. But what I've learned since then is that as long as you take small enough bites and persist with it and 
keep building slowly. Hey, you know, it's not going to, I was envisioning at the start of this process, gosh, 90 days later, we're going to be done with all this. That's incredible. But it really is like 90 days to get rolling. And so I think, again, I mentioned the sort of trust and support from the executive team. You know, we view this whole building out this capability as a long-term evolution that's changing the culture in the organization and changing the way we get results. And so as long as, and we, I don't foresee that changing anytime soon. So as long as the leadership is committed to it, we have some runway to make lasting change in the culture of collaboration and lasting change in the way we hold people and the organization accountable for achieving what we're trying to do is to be patient. You know, as I said, I was like, hey, days, holy moly. I thought this is never going to work, but like, that's just the start. And so I think that's an important thing. That would have been important for myself. If I could see where we wound up two years ago, I wouldn't have been as worried. But you never know. It's like the uncertainty and the, how's this going to go? Is it, we're going to crash and burn here. I think being patient and trusting in the process is taking us to where we are. That's a great insight. And it's really important for everybody to feel the pressure to actually deliver something in a short enough period of time. Because sometimes, you know, the cane comes out from the side of the theater and you get yanked if you don't demonstrate forward progress. But that's what my dad, the railroader, always says, just keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. And, you know, (laughs) right? That's part of it. So in what the organization can do at the time. But you certainly get a lot of credit for saying, for the listening, and this is the plan, and this is what we're aiming to accomplish in a short period of time and delivering those incremental results and making impact. So... Good. That's great. So you're alluding to the program, the Laura's PMO Impact Program, right, that you've been going through. What has it been like for you? I'd say that coaching group is really one of the best things PMO Strategies does. To me, it's an amazingly supportive and authentic community of people who are really facing all the same challenges, who generously spend their time together at least once or twice a month helping each other. And so asking each other questions, providing each other resources, it's like, it's not quite a support group, but it's definitely a group where it, they, everyone's strength is enhanced by everyone else's strength so that you've got folks coming together other people from industries all around the world. And it's truly global community as well, which is kind of fun. And you can follow along with the progress that other folks are making in that people share their challenges every month or every meeting. Sometimes those are big, major things. Sometimes they're big, scary things. Sometimes it's like, I feel like I should bring popcorn because there's like, the ups and downs and the like, the trials and tribulations of all these PMO leaders around the world. It's I don't want to say fun to follow the lot because it, it's challenging as well. It, you get so many insights, so many great tools. I think that coaching community is like is a tremendous opportunity for folks to come together and learn from each other, which I know is the idea of calling it the mastermind coaching. Right, and the impact engine system itself. So the more self learning side. What's that been like for you? Yeah, it's again a fantastic framework to really build to have a see a path forward. I think often. We get sort of caught up in what's the next big thing or the next big milestone within the SDO, you know, the next meeting we've got to meet with a board and report on things. I think it's a great tool to help you build out where you see yourself in the future in a very structured way. Again, that just to continuously add values and helps us and has helped us to adapt to changing circumstances over the last two years. So it's a great tool, great framework. Great. Well, thanks for sharing your experience with it. I think it's amazing also. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that there's anything like it in the world. So I feel I'm really glad that you got to go through it, Mike, as you're going through this journey as a new leader, too. So tell us about your action-taking resources. Well, I was I looked and looked around to see if I had any checklists. I did not that I, I would share. But the thing that I wanted to share is actually a tool that one of our sponsors asked about. 
because I mentioned the sort of concern, question, resistance, like why do we have to go through all this stuff? And the idea for a project charter, what the project charter is for and why do we need that? I think the document I'm sharing, we created in response to this, which is just for a very like non-insider PM audience of folks to understand what the purpose is, like how this communications tool as a thinking tool, how this document is going to lead to better decisions, get everybody on the same page, and then be a great reference and a great sort of the rock of Gibraltar for the project going forward, that this is the touch point. This is the thing that, as I say, like settled bar bets between project team members. Of, are we supposed to do this? Are we supposed to do that? Like, you don't have to argue about it. Just go read the charter. But to convince people the why behind it is the, the resource that I picked out, which is a great, you know, to adapt to other, for other attendees to adapt it to their purposes as well. I think the images in there were from the U.S. Geological Survey, so they're, they're freely available for use. But nice. It's like the chart in charter. It's like a chart of Antarctica. Well, cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I always think about it with the charter and the way, you know, in your organization, you don't have business cases. You're an association, so you don't do business cases exactly. So, but your charter is really making the case. And when it gets signed, it'll, I always feel like, hear ye, hear ye, is the charter. You know, like, yeah, and it's a time for celebration too, for sure, for folks who are like invested in moving those things ahead. That's the way it happens. Yes. Well, I think that's a great resource because I also love that it's in plain language like you said, right, for, you know, whoever in the organization is curious about this thing and why we have it and what to do when you need one. I, th I think it's really, really great. So thank you for sharing that. So I believe we should share how people can connect with you. If they have any questions or they just want oh. to congratulate you or thank you, Mike, for sharing your insights today, how can they connect? Sure thing. I'm on LinkedIn as the real Mike Welch, M-I-K-E-W-E-L-C-H. And then mwelch at planning.org. mwelch at planning.org. Easy enough. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Mike. Well, it's been a pleasure to meet with you today to kind of debrief what you've done over the past two years with obviously lots of wonderful support from Laura's team and your own executive team. Lucky, lucky you. Good <laughs> fun. A great talking to you, Don. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, Impact Driver. I'm so proud of you, Mike. Congratulations on all of your success. And it's been an honor to be a part of that journey, not just in the mastermind, but of course, as a client. And Don, fabulous co-host of the Impact Summit this year, who partners with us to help bring practical project management to the real world. So thank you for being a part of this episode. I hope you've learned a few things that have been interesting to you and have helped you think differently about what's possible, even if you don't have any any project management experience or experience running PMOs at all. Mike didn't, and look at where he is now. In fact, one thing that he didn't mention in the episode is that the Association's Now magazine, which is a big deal magazine in the association space, wrote an article about the new roles that are showing up in associations. And guess what they highlighted? The strategy delivery office and how Mike introduced project management concepts to staff and volunteers across APA and how he's thriving in this role of the strategy delivery office leader. I'm so proud of them and Mike has done what the organization has done and I just love being a part of helping them make an impact one project at a time. So congrats, Mike. Proud of you. So excited to be on this journey and share all of these great insights Mike shared today and this lovely 
lovely conversation between Mike and Dawn with all of you Impact Drivers. So if you love this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, download this episode and others so that they are with you no matter where your high-impact journey takes you. And if you love what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review so others know what this podcast is all about. Now, if you are interested in learning more about how you can make a huge impact with your PMO or strategy delivery office, build, elevate, or even rescue the organization that is driving the impact for the strategy, then go check out pmostrategies.com forward slash IES. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash IES. And you'll go right to the page where you can learn more about the Impact Engine system and the Impact Accelerator Mastermind, where you can meet Mike, Paul, Waletta, Don, and others that are all doing the great work of helping their organizations achieve this strategy. We've got more goodness coming next week that I am so excited to share with you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now.